This is Quiet Fire, a program about the spiritual life of Abraham Lincoln and its relevance to us today. Welcome. This is Duncan Newcomer. Here's a Lincoln quote for you. Our fathers brought forth, conceived in liberty. It is for us, the living, to be dedicated. Those are cherry-picked words from the 272 words of the Gettysburg Address. One of the undiscovered treasures in Lincoln's Gettysburg Address is how he transformed American Christian language into a more secular human spiritual language. We've recently reflected on how, in this short address, Lincoln relocates God from glorious heavens and sacred words to human actions, especially of self-sacrifice, and with pragmatic results. For Lincoln, it is on battlefield and cemetery grounds that the divine acts in human life. Lincoln is not the first to retranslate religious language and spiritual values. Moses added the freedom words, let my people go, after he heard and saw God in a burning bush on the ground. Spiritual language changes as social values change. For example, not too long ago, many American churches went through a big brouhaha about what kind of hymn books to use and what kinds of hymns to sing. A problem was that all the pronouns referred to men as if there were not women in church life. For example, the hymn Faith of Our Fathers had the change to Faith of Our Founders or something else, maybe even Faith of Our Mothers, right? Even Lincoln's use of the word fathers in this address reflects his society, not so much ours. We know that not all nation builders are fathers, and especially in the Gettysburg Address, where the first verbs are from the feminine side, brought forth like Mary's newborn babe, and conceived as in pregnancy, and new birth of freedom as, of course, childbirth. Lincoln is not only retranslating God talk, he is regendering the nation builders. Language images fit the culture and define the society that uses them, and the society redefines the language. Society and language are like a seesaw going up and down from one with each other. Lincoln's major addresses change the language of the spiritual from medieval monarchies and social hierarchies into something more democratic. He just did not talk about God being a king, no matter how almighty the almighty might be. King is a word from a social ladder that America had taken down. So as much as Lincoln did not want American people to have to look up to a king in order to be governed, neither, but less well-known, did he seemed to feel that God and the spiritual life should not also be frozen in hierarchy. God did not rule from a throne so much as dwell in our hearts. We see that heartfelt assumption when Lincoln asked for prayers from his fellow citizens when he was leaving Springfield to go to Washington to become president. He asked that they pray with him and hold him in memory as he will with them and that the God who stays and dwells with them will also go and dwell with him. God moves horizontally, just like that red and yellow train engine taking him there 
God's presence is extending, not ascending, to Lincoln. Not vertically, but reaching across. For Lincoln, God might be, often was, the Almighty, capital T, capital A, in other words, the real power in life. God might also be a divine necessity, a word he used often for the idea of providence. God, as necessity, works to direct the direction of history. But ultimately, God will become for Lincoln a living God. That is the way he talks of God, to whom he addresses a dozen more times in his last inaugural address. So when Lincoln wants to talk about the sacred value of consecrated battlefields and graveyards, he uses human, down-to-earth metaphors, not royal, hierarchical images. Of course, Lincoln didn't set out to do all these things. It's just who he was. And in his changing light, we find new light for ourselves to live in honor down to the latest generation. This is Duncan Newcomer, and this has been Quiet Fire, The Spiritual Life of Abraham Lincoln.